0: Welcome back to another episode of MCU you need to know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey.
1: I'm Jude. How you doing Trey?
0: Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we get to defy the TVA themselves and bridge the multiverse. Whether it's hosting MCU Need to Know with Leech in One Universe or joining us here to chat Marvel in this one, the universal friend Daniel is back. Welcome back, Daniel. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me back, guys. Crossing the threshold. (laughs) (laughs) Creating a Nexus event,
0: Nexus event, yeah. Watch out. Would it be a spoiler? The TVA is gone. There's no Nexus event. We can get
2: wild. Yeah, we can do what we want. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so it really wasn't. Al- it was an ul- <laughs> Yeah, it was an alternate universe. Because I, I earlier when I was prepping for the for the show, I was like, man, I just did this for uh, for uh, episode one. But I was like, wait, that wasn't that wasn't for the show. Wait a second. I had like this weird <laughs> moment because it was it was not. Like I wasn't talking to, to Trey and Jude. <laughs> so I had this weird moment. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. I'm. So, that's so funny that it threw you for a loop a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it has been since that episode, since you've been on. I think at this point, this has been your fourth appearance on the podcast. So at this point, the audience is fairly familiar with your experience with the MCU. So I thought the best place we could start here at the top of the episode is just kind of a general impressions of some of the new things that we've got. So we got the Hawkeye trailer this past Monday at the time of the recording, as well as a new movie with Shang-Chi. Have you gotten
2: a chance to see any of these? I have, Um, I was able to watch the Hawkeye trailer when it dropped. It it is funny. So I initially watched it without sound because I was at work And, um, it just, it didn't, it translated really goofy and weird. And I was like, what is this going to be? And then I later, I think I chatted with you, Jude. And then when I, when I went back and watched it with the sound, the music, it's not silly at all. The music was, had this cool, like ominous tone and Mm -hmm. then cut with the jokes. It was great. So I'm very excited about Hawkeye more excited than I thought it would be. I think Jude I said to you like it it felt like jingle all the way yes (laughs) yes, (laughs) but that was before I watched it with sound you know and I was like Mm -hmm. what is this Christmas show like come on and then I went back and watched it with sound and I was like it remind I I was reminded of how good of an actor Jeremy Renner is and how much Mm -hmm. I feel like he he's been underutilized by the MCU and like that's fair because there's so many there's so many stories you can tell, um, and now he gets his chance. But it just reminded me of all the good roles I've seen him in, and I've always liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then I did, Trey, I was able to see Shang-Chi in the theater, so I was fortunate to go to a, a kind of very low-turnout group with my wife and a friend, and that was just phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it. I think that if, if you've seen movies like Hero or... Mm-hmm house of flying daggers or definitely crouching tiger hidden dragon and you enjoyed those you'll see some some resonances there but it's definitely got the uh the the mcu twist and it's fresh so um i'll leave it there because i know not everyone's able to see it yet and so Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna it'll it'll eventually jump up on on disney plus so i'm i'm sure once you do that we'll be able to talk more about it but i really really enjoyed it
1: well Trey left out the Spider-Man trailer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was painting By in accident. broad
2: strokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What'd
1: you think of the Spider-Man trailer?
2: I mean, it was b- bananas. I mean, just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like what's going on. So, I mean, I don't I don't like to dissect trailers because it'll either send you down rabbit holes in the internet that could possibly reveal actual spoilers mm-hmm. or you'll just like speculate on stuff and I'm not too big on that. You know, I like to experience it and then kind of forget about it. Yeah. And so like I didn't I didn't watch the uh the Eternals trailer, the second one. I never watched that and I was forced to watch it <laughs> at the Shang Chi. Same here. Yes. Same here. In the theater. I was like, "Oh man!" But I was I was excited to see it, so I was like, "Oh, oh well, you know, I guess I'll watch it." But um, so yeah, so I'm I'm nervous about any more Spider-Man trailers, but I love Spider-Man. He's one of my one of my top five characters, and very interested to see what's up with Doctor Strange in that trailer because it all he he don't all seem right. <laughs> no, it didn't seem right. No, he doesn't.
0: There, he doesn't. I think off is the perfect way to put it. I think that mm-hmm. was something Jude and I zoned in on when we yeah. did a reaction. And I thought, like, I thought maybe we were doing our grains of sand thing again. And it was very comforting to, like, get on the internet the next day and everybody's like, oh, that's not him. Like, everybody was uh-huh. on the same page that that's it's, not it's, strange. Yeah, it's totally
2: off. Uh-huh. Like, it's totally yeah. off.
1: Well, my, the- my theory from the what if was like, oh, this is how we're getting the no way home, Dr. Strange. But then mm. the whole reality collapsed on him. And I was like, okay, I guess not.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I think he served. I think he survived. Right. Like it just exists in a pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. Like he's, yeah.
2: He's burdened still there. With the weight of his responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not too dark. Oh, no. no not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> if there's one thing
0: the MCU's known for, it's it's chippy nature. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's DC territory. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah.
1: Well cool. Yeah. Thank I you. mean it, it could have been slow-mo. Mm.
0: <laughs> it could have been. Well, cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. But of course, if you downloaded this episode, you know that we're gonna be talking about season one, episode six of What If, entitled What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? So the way we do this is we're going to have some pre-spoiler thoughts followed by an audio cue which will bring us into the spoiler zone where we'll break down the episode into three acts. So before we get there, we're going to talk about our pre-spoiler thoughts. So
2: Daniel, if we can start with you, what are your pre-spoiler thoughts for this episode? Okay, I, I watched it twice, and when I watched it the first time, I enjoyed it. I was excited for the episode. And I was excited to see Killmonger. And I thought the uh, the music really took me back to the, the beats of the story that that, that comes mm-hmm. out in that. And then um I'm still I, I watched a second time, I'm still processing it and I'm doing my little critical critical lens thing. So mm-hmm. but I'll leave it at that. I, de- I definitely enjoyed it and uh we'll we'll see as we unpack it what, what more I can say.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you, Jude? I enjoyed it on the first watch. I still enjoyed it on the second watch, but I think I understand better what you mean, Trey, of what you what you've said about episodes you've liked and not liked. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I kind of understand that a little better. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, free spoiler thoughts, can't get into that uh, in detail right at the moment. Yeah. And Trey, what about you? So.
0: Uh, We shared on social media some of our quick uh, day of pre-spoiler thoughts, and I I had essentially said that I like the stories that stray the furthest from what we know, and unfortunately this episode is not that. And so I've been thinking about that a lot in terms of this episode as I did my subsequent viewings, and I think at the heart of the issue here is there is this inherent impulse within the creation of the show itself to retread familiar story beats. And it does that instead of being something new. And I just, I, pre-spoiler thoughts. I was going to say something, but I'm pulling back on that. So I'll save it for the the spoiler zone. I just, I'm not connecting with it on an emotional level because of the framing of where it wants to be rather than the potential of what it could be. And so that's, this episode I think highlighted that the most for me so far this season. Mm -hmm. So well, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to like them all.
0: Yeah. And you know, it was you, right? We were we were in the, the group message, Daniel, and you mentioned that if, if you liked them all, it would make you question your objectivity. So I yeah. appreciate that comfort last night before we recorded.
2: No, it's true. <laughs> it's
1: true. Well, so my, my objectivity is coming into question. No, it's not. Yeah, I, didn't like the second, I didn't like the second episode. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shame
2: on you! How dare you?
1: But see, that's but that's what <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean. Like I understand more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways,
2: I think I think I I unlike so Trey. I think I have different different questions about it. Well, they might be the same problem, but I generally enjoy the episodes that uh, like the name one Trey that you were talking that like fits that mold. Was it the the was it the the Who Done It episode? episode? Episode three? Episode
0: two, the the most. And the- With T'Challa?
2: Yes. That strays the furthest? Oh, no, 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 no. The ones that, I'm sorry, I, I said that wrong. The ones that like follow the story, like the Captain Carter one, like that one. Captain Carter. Okay,
0: okay. The Nick Fury yeah. episode. Okay, uh, okay. This
2: one. This one, okay. Yeah.
0: Which, as a correction, because I tweeted out my personal rank of the episode so far, mm-hmm. I misnumbered them. I said three- But I meant for. I think the Doctor Strange, even though it starts at a familiar place, eventually gets to somewhere new. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, which honestly... That's off the rails. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's. I think that's just what I'm looking for the most. Because I think if they try and just recreate, at best, it's uncanny. And at worst, it just feels like a lesser version of the story Mm -hmm. that we already saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I want to get into it. So, let's... uh,
0: All right, yeah, let's go ahead and- Let's make the sound. (laughs) (laughs) So as Daniel alluded to, you're going to hear an audio cue, and on the other side, it's going to be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU, except Shang-Chi. So we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. So the way we're going to be doing this is we're going to be breaking it down into three acts. Act one is going to start from the beginning of the episode where it starts with the familiarity of Iron Man 1 and Tony Stark being under attack. Except this time it is Eric Killmonger who saves him. And this will take us all the way through the botched mission to buy more vibranium where Killmonger kills Rhodey and T'Challa. Starting with you, Daniel, is there anywhere you'd like to start within this act? I just thought it
2: was the hearing you write that summary kind of made me feel the, I don't know if it's what you felt like watching the episode, but it's just like, it's just like, there's a lot of contrivance that, <laughs> that forced moments, mm-hmm. right? Is that, is that where you're getting at? Like there were these moments that, that you could tell they wanted to get to. And so they had to like jump through these crazy hoops in order to make them happen. And whereas in the episode with, with Nick Fury, Nick Fury as the through line Worked for me for Killmonger. I don't know. It, it, his character was very consistent. It's almost like, what if Killmonger had like completely succeeded? Yes, you know, Mm -hmm. in his, in his, in his act. And I was like, I was like, that sucks. Like, like, like he's a bad dude. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's got the, he's got the moral high ground. I mean, anyway, whenever we talked about Black Widow, I've never been on your pod talking about uh, not Black Widow, Black Panther, but I mean, it's like, the the thing that that one of the things that makes Black Panther so compelling um was the, the 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 argument between T'Challa and and Killmonger and that Killmonger had kind of the 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 better argument in terms of involvement in the world but his methods were just horrifying mm-hmm. and then the the man is like he's just he's soulless you know I mean he just He's he's smiling in one on, uh, in, on one hand, and then he's literally killing you in the next breath, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because you're a means to an end. Yeah, I felt that the the deepest when he when he took Rhodey out, I was really sad about that. That mm-hmm. really really made made me sad. I, I was also sad about T'Challa, but I I um I don't know why because I kind of it kind of wrote itself. It was like yeah, obviously he's gonna kill kill Rhodey now, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of jumped all over the place, but, but... Well, okay.
1: It's interesting because up until up until the point that he basically abandoned Roadie, in my head, on the first watch, I was thinking that this was, we're seeing Killmonger go in a different direction. Mm, yeah. Almost like a redemption or, you know, this is what's going to happen because he met up with Stark. And then once he abandoned Roadie, it kind of clicked. It was like, okay you know, he's who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, and I guess if I had to have a complaint, sorry, Trey, no, go ahead. If I had to have a, a complaint to where, and sometimes I think it works for the episode and then sometimes it doesn't is well, well like with the first, uh, the first episode, Steve Rogers or Steve Rogers. And even though he didn't get the serum, he was still Steve Rogers, like yeah. in, in character and values and that, Whereas Doctor Strange, they changed him. And that's what drove yeah. him. And so sometimes, like, I guess my expectations watching it is like, oh, Killmonger's changed. And it's like, no, he's still who we know him to be. And and mm-hmm. so I think that's not off-putting, but kind of difficult in thinking about what am I, what am I seeing here?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I-, I think I'm kind of in this similar space with you. There was a specific quote that stood out to me on my first watch and even more so on subsequent ones, and it's from The Watcher. And it's, I think, during the press conference where Tony is talking about how he's going to be bigger and better weapons and whatnot, The Watcher chimes in with, though the man was saved, a hero was lost, and a villain was given a new chance. Mm. And that line stuck out to me because I thought, okay, here's the trade-off. We don't have Iron Man, but the line, a villain was given a new chance, I thought, okay, we're going to see a, a, a story where the proximity of this relationship is what alters the course of Killmonger, but it really doesn't. Yeah. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: that pacing from then on, after, after a brief beginning in the second act, we're not there yet, but after a brief beginning in the second act, the pacing of both movies just kind of are the same. And... Mm -hmm. I do want to say, to to lead into my next point, it's so fitting that you're on this episode with us, Daniel, because a few weeks ago, we were having a conversation in one of our group threads about I personally am not a fan of stories where the villain is the protagonist. I Uh I think there are examples where it can be done well, and I do like it, but it's rare for me to get into that. And so placing this episode where, like you said, what if Killmonger succeeded? It just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel... Like it even it doesn't feel like it has the pace to really examine the ramifications of that. And so what's left is this awkward feeling of an unimpeded killmonger.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. well, and, and if you see some of the stuff going on, and I know uh, various opinions on venom, um, <laughs> Oh, but, that's
2: what we were talking about.
1: Yeah, but well okay, but that's the thing. They try to make venom likable. yeah, uh, and it's Tom Hardy, so you he can pull it off, yeah, sort of. And with Killmonger, they didn't try to make him likable, mm-hmm. or or the scenes that he was likable was all calculated just to mm-hmm. get his way. It was manipulative, and so when you see that part of the episode, I think it's uh, that much heavier or heartbreaking.
2: Mm-hmm. I I also think that the whereas the other the other episodes, even even the um, the Doctor Strange episode had a good balance of levity in the way that MC movies do like the, tr- the troll, like <laughs> just mm-hmm. him yeah. absorbing like a little <laughs> evil troll it was, it was absurd, but it was like the writers, like how can we bring, drop a joke when like, you've got this crazy man absorbing all this demonic power or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in this, there was just no, there was no, the, the only comedic humor, the, the only kind of um levity was, was Tony and Tony you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark was like not the greatest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all his jokes were like, like I'm a big jerk and you know, I'm a ladies man. And, and so it was like, back then it was like, it, 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 it made sense and it was funny. And also we kind of watched him go through this, this story arc, but like just have it. That was, he, he kind of became very flat and one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And then, and then even as he was trying to relate, you know, I think the, the one place where maybe, this could be like there is the there is the, the 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 racial critique that is either implicitly or explicitly present in killmonger's direction you know his he's um he's trying to reclaim his his uh his birthright mm-hmm. um but he's also on a on a quest to to you know liberate and and there's something real in that mm-hmm. um and it comes out in the in the scene well, this is the second act, so I'm sorry. That's okay. But, but it's like it's 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 the scene where he says to Tony, like, if you don't see the difference within us, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, right. And it's it's very it's very much right there on the surface. But I feel like, at least from my my perspective, it, it didn't it didn't it wasn't shot through the episode in the same way that in Black Panther it was. Yeah. It was a coherent. Right. It was a coherent moral that that made sense. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Well, and I think in that way, I and mean, I think Trey's mentioned it. Oh, in which episode? Hmm. Now I'm not sure which episode Trey's referring to, was referring to. Uh, but but it basically mentioned it about because we have the familiarity with these characters, it's kind of taking advantage of that. Like like we know that's Killmonger's goal drive why he's doing these things right and and so it kind of lets the writers maybe make that assumption that hey i can there's a there's already a built-in knowledge Mm
2: -hmm. yeah an example of where that worked really well in an unexpected way was with t'challa in the star lord episode because Mm -hmm. it was like how, because I was seeing Peter Quill and I'm like, oh man, is T'Challa going to be like Peter Quill? And he was T'Challa mm-hmm. yeah. and it was like the universe, the galaxy was this peaceful place because he was T'Challa and the galaxy. And I was like, this is so, this is so great. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, he's T'Challa. And this, this, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't click with me. Maybe it's what you said, Trey, about the villain being the protagonist, because it's a different kind of a story. Mm-hmm. And uh Yeah. Well, you know,
0: to play off what you said, because you, you pulled that line from the middle of the episode of yeah. the difference between you and me is you can't see the difference between you and me. And that on its own is an extraordinary line. I like that line a lot. Mm-hmm. But the like Black Panther did it better. Like that movie yeah. is resolved. Yeah. yeah. Like revolves yeah. around that entire yeah. premise. Yeah. And this this episode doesn't have the length or the pacing or the pieces to make that work. And so mm-hmm. what the premise is, what if Eric Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? It abandons that premise and it just wants to do the Killmonger thing. And yeah. so it's like an mm-hmm. incomplete story that they're dealing with. Now, you talked about the the movie leveraging our familiar knowledge. I think one way where it does work in this episode, so it, just so I'm not completely beating this episode the whole time, <laughs> is... There's a bit of misdirect that they have going on with Tony where during that press conference, you see him start to grow really solemn about, you know, all that he saw after somebody asked him if he learned Mm -hmm. anything and you expect him to kind of have a similar space that he does in Iron Man. But instead, the answer is we're going to be bigger and better, build more weapons and we're going to protect our people. And you realize he hasn't been humbled. And so they have little moments like that where they play on it because like I think there's another moment. It's like, what if we miniaturize the arc reactor? Mm-hmm. Ah, no, that would never work. And so, yeah. like they are playing, funny. they are playing a little bit with the familiarity of Tony, but it's just not enough. the uh, The one last thing I would have to to put in this playing off the familiarity, there is a scene wherever Tony and Killmonger are working on the piloting, or they're working on the, uh, as Tony called it, the Gundam. And Tony mm-hmm. mentions <laughs> the line: "Human pilots mean human error." And I thought it was a very interesting line coming from him in this universe because everything he did for sure in those first two movies was realizing the responsibility of the power and how in the wrong hands that power, like it has to be him. He's the only way yeah. that can control this yeah. because he's learned what that power means. And he's insecure in this because his reasoning is human pilots meet human error. Like he doesn't even trust himself still mm-hmm. because he never went through those trials of
2: the first movie. Mm hmm. So I thought that was an interesting place they were playing with familiarity, mm-hmm. and I mean the expectation is that we're we're getting an Iron Man story with with Killmonger in it, but it's actually it's Killmonger's story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One one thing because I don't Trey, i with you. I mean, like you all know, I I don't I get really. I usually get really testy with you guys when you're all (laughs) dumping on stuff, and and here I am dumping on it. So hey, come on, grab a
0: seat. It's real warm. (laughs) Yeah, right. To be a
2: to be to be to come at this a little differently. It's like I think from a from a what I like about earlier the earlier what if episodes is that especially the zombie one. So it balanced this like goofy horror kind of shocking things. With these moments of levity, levity, and then these these really beautiful moments of interpersonal connection that we all like, you all talked about, and and I thought that that kind of brought it home and balanced it out well. And that this episode, from a from a storytelling perspective, I feel like they were trying to like Trey, you were saying they were trying to fit fit into these beats, so so they're trying to force it so quickly that they didn't have time to sit. And 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 create those moments of of um of humanity, uh, mm-hmm. where you were able to to feel that, and maybe I mean maybe they were there. I just didn't I didn't connect with them mm-hmm. in the same way as I did with like all the other episodes. I've liked every episode up until now. I can rank them, but like I I can point to specific moments in each of the episodes where I where it clicked for me and I felt like I understood what it was trying to say. Whereas this one. It's it's basically saying what like you said like what Black Panther was saying. I mean it's it's not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean at the end, the end. So for me, I, I think I texted texted you that the end. Was really the only thing that saved it, <laughs> so um, so uh, it, it made it. I was like, okay, I can get on board with this. I don't know, and I know yeah. I'm jumping all around. But well, yeah. you know,
0: I definitely will have something to say once we get to the end. Yeah. And I think we, might, I think we're a lot closer on this episode than we thought going into it, Daniel. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to get to that. But uh, unless we got any more, I
1: think I do have one question for you guys. Go ahead. Um, now, again, I said I liked it, and I do like it. But I think everything y'all are saying are very valid. There's there's clearly some issues I had with it as well. But one of the things that that really I didn't like, and I don't know why, and I'm curious if y'all didn't like it, I don't think I liked seeing the I am Iron Man in game scene with the alternate voice.
0: One hundred percent
2: red flag. It's like why did they do that? I saw okay. that
0: and I went I, I in my head I went, uh oh. This is this is. I'm scared,
1: and and I don't dislike the alternate voice. I think he's doing a good Mm -hmm. job, right? And that's probably too soon. It's a tough gig to to have, um, replacing, you know, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I I was really surprised they used that line.
2: It was an interesting choice. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. No, and I I do think there there is some credit there because I again I've I've been pretty hard on this episode. The the voice actor for Tony Stark, I think does a phenomenal job. He did mm-hmm. a great job of capturing that mannerism of Tony, but that line in particular, that moment is so iconic. You're throwing him to the wolves to try and recreate yeah. that. And it's <laughs> it wasn't necessary. Like I get the point that they're trying to make but it just—I think you—you you have the same point showing Iron Man among the other Avengers in that famous New York scene where you don't mm-hmm. have to have the line and you still get the idea of like, okay, this was this grand hero. But yeah, yeah it just, yeah, it 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 didn't—it wasn't great. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, and I will say the the big thing that I did enjoy out of this first act, I I thought the writing stark was pretty spot on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and what you're saying he wasn't humbled and i'm like yeah that's exactly what stark would have done in that situation like like to me it made complete sense of like yeah you're gonna make him coo you know you're gonna hey let's let's get your science fair project and and do this like like that's in that way it didn't bother me because it it made to me it made sense of like no he didn't go through this he wasn't humbled and because of that he still had that arrogant cockiness Mm -hmm. that played through and so to me i liked you know seeing that the whole what would stark have been like had he not had his cave moment right
0: yeah And, you know, it's interesting, too, because one of the notes I wrote, I was going to save it for stray straight thought, but I'll I'll bring it up here to play in that space. You know, you, you talked about that moment of him in the cave being humbled, becoming the man who would become Iron Man. I never thought about, like, he just built the suit in the cave. He was a tinkerer long before. And maybe that's, like... Wrong of you to say as much as I praise Iron Man 3 for showing us that he was always that, but I never visualized what it was like before the cave. And so whenever Killmonger and Tony are hanging out in his garage and you see the UI interface for Jarvis and all his, mm-hmm. his equipment, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is what he would have been doing had it not been for that moment. He would have been back to building stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was a nice callback to Iron Man 2, actually.
0: In what way?
2: What
1: was that? Uh when when Killmonger showed him the ring and he kind of, and he blew up the ring to look at the elements and it had oh, that yeah. globe look. That was the same uh, yeah. little a uh, you know um holographic imaging Jarvis did when he was looking at um palladium from you know his dad.
2: Yeah. That's a nice catch. Yeah. Oh wouldn't wouldn't I think my one of my students' wrote this said so this takes place what eight uh, eight years before the events of Black Panther? Is that mm-hmm. right? How, uh, it would, that would have been gone. around two thousand eight,
0: which is when Iron Man came out. And when did Black Panther come out? Twenty seventeen. I think it was 2016, 2017. The February
1: before Infinity War. And so that like, would have been twenty eighteen. So so like, because 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 yeah, because the end tag was uh, Bucky getting his uh, his arm.
2: So this is like a nerdy nitpick, but like, how old are they?
1: <laughs> how no. old is T'Challa and
2: how old is Kim Killmonger? Because they look the same age.
1: My cousin, Paul, oh, texted me and he figured it out.
2: Oh yeah? Yeah, it? he
1: ba- he basically said that, okay, if Shuri was around like the 10, 11 years old at the time of, say, Iron Man and what we see here. Yeah. And that would have put her in like her 20s come black panther Mm -hmm. and so killmonger and t'challa should have been in their 30s and killmonger i think was it was 1992 and he was around the eight ish age yeah when at the beginning of black panther gotcha which would have which would have put them around their 20s at the time of
2: 2008
0: yeah okay so it, it, it's, it's
2: plausible. That's it's a, feasible. Yeah. yeah. Which, okay.
1: which I mean, I'm, I'm glad, you know, my cousin, he's like figured it out and texted me all that, you know, but, and that also, then you go to the, like, what is the, what if episodes and what's the purpose? If it's an alternate thing, does it have to fit the timeline yeah. that precisely? Right. And I, I guess it depends on how you're watching this. If you're watching this, oh, I'm watching Iron Man and then it the main thing and it deviates and it's some other universe, then yeah, it needs to match up. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching it is like, Oh, this is just familiar knowledge for as a base and it's something completely different. I'm not sure it has to completely match up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now you're talking I- what T'Challa and Quill are roughly the same age. Yeah.
0: I think, cause right. I think that was the Genesis of them wanting to do that episode was like realizing they were the same age and like, Hey, we could do something here.
2: And then last, last, last little point that I was very happy about in this episode was that Don Cheadle is Rhodey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very happy with that. What an entrance yeah. too, with all the way
0: the glass like closes and you see, uh, Rhodey's reflection mm. again for all the gripes I have with this series, the, f- like the way they frame shots has been really phenomenal this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was so awesome to hear
1: Andy Circus's voice again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, speaking of, I think that'll go ahead and transition us into Act Two, which this is going to take us from Tony Stark realizing what Killmonger has done all the way to the Wakandans accepting Killmonger as one of their own. So, Jude, if we could start with you this time, uh, what stuck out to you in Act Two?
1: So, Trey, where I want to start is what I was talking about in the pre-spoiler thoughts, because I think this is what you mean by hoping it'll go further off mm-hmm. uh, in a different direction because i feel like in act two i have a note that says at this point it becomes a cross between iron man 2 and black panther where you have the unmanned drones that you get from Mm -hmm. you know Venko, right right or is it Venko? ivan Venko. yeah you know the black panther storyline and and it's essentially those two movies kind of collapsed together and in that way yeah it's not venturing off into new ground Mm -hmm. one of the things i've really enjoyed about the what if episodes is that feeling of i'm truly watching something i'm familiar with and i see that detour and so that's i think part of what made me like this episode but in this second act it's like and i think and i really liked what y'all said about okay it felt like we're gonna see iron man but really it's just about killmonger at that point once they got rid of iron man then it was like okay what do we do with these things and and so yeah like that converging so while i liked the episode i think that helped me understand why you didn't like or what you didn't like about those episodes versus the ones that took a a, a bigger step out
2: mm-hmm. um i have a question when claw shows up in the f- the first time we see him, is that in, um, what movie is that in? It's not in Black Panther, right? Age of Ultron.
1: Age of Ultron. Okay.
2: Yeah. So that whole scene is very Age of Ultron. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. See, there we go. So it's, it's, again, it's okay. So it's, it's like, it's even out of order, Trey. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's, it's rehearsing or reenacting <laughs> these scenes from, from the films, um, so this kind of tracks with my i'm just confused by the episode i'm not even like i told i said i enjoyed it the first time but the more i think about it, i'm just confused about what it's saying or what what it's what it's doing Mm -hmm. whereas like peggy carter was clear as day i mean it was just very clear what it was doing star lord clear Mm -hmm. um zombies clear i mean it's it's zombies are pretty you know it's like superhero zombies. That was great. And then yeah. um uh Doctor Strange, very clear. Nick Fury, very clear. It was like it was like, you know, what if we lose the heroes? We basically get to see Trey was your point. We basically, basically to see phase 1 from from Nick Fury's perspective. I thought that was awesome even though it was all different. Mm-hmm. Um this this was I'm just not I don't know what the through line is and I I don't know if watching it more is helping me Or talking about it more is helping me see it. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: if I can meet the episode halfway Mm -hmm. and if I can play in the space that you are talking about, Jude, about like seeing where it deviates, that fight between Tony and Killmonger, I think that's what should have been the core of this episode. And the fact that that happens and Tony is done away with within like the first half of the episode, I think that's where the episode abandons its premise because it is this mashup of Iron Man and Black Panther. And mm-hmm. when it gets rid of the Iron Man aspect of it, then you lose your what-if perspective. And so the closest I got to feeling like connected with what the episode was doing was that fight, but we just didn't spend nearly enough time with Tony and Killmonger to feel that fallout happen and, and at least for me personally, get invested in it. But it, it, mm. I like that impulse there. It just it came way too early in the episode for me.
1: Yeah. Well, I wonder... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play in that space. I wonder if... in, I wonder if in the writing that it initially felt like a good idea and they got to that point and then they were like oh we have 15 <laughs> minutes left <laughs> um like i i mean because i i mean I see what you're saying right like mm-hmm. uh, like it's it's you put these two characters together and that gets resolved here yeah rather than in the end yeah and and I guess honestly i think this is i i don't know if I would have liked it I, I think I would have liked it less that way, because if in the end, that's what the resolving fight was, and you have Killmonger win, you don't get to see what's next.
2: Yeah.
1: Or you have to have Tony win that battle. Mm-hmm. you know.
2: Or there's a draw. I mean, the, the, the one thing you say is there's a draw, and they fold it they fold it into they fold it more explicitly into the Black Panther story. Because, I mean, in a sense, like, the U.S. government's kind of a stand-in for Tony mm-hmm. at that point. So, I, I, my brain's been working this whole time you guys have been talking. <laughs> so, like, if we're going to take Killmonger at his words, you know, like, the U.S. and the U.S. government are the oppressor. And that's who Tony Stark is, right? So, like, instead of letting the Tenrens capture him and do their thing, he saves him because he's infiltrating... Tony instead of like following along and and going along with that Killmonger capture like like ingratiates himself with Tony in order to use him to he gets out of the jam because he thinks he's got Tony fooled still and Tony is like you can't fool me and so he gets out of the jam by by killing him and then manipulates the situation so he can go take Wakanda but the the US government kind of is a stand in now for for what Tony represented in mm-hmm. terms of power well i mean
0: even if you take away the humility that tony eventually gains in the movies in the prime timeline the u.s government was constantly trying to get his weapons Mm -hmm. and so you can make an argument because i mean him having that confrontation with killmonger yeah tony stark is is not the greatest person in the world but he was a very thin but there was somewhat of a moral ga- ground when he was trying to stop Killmonger mm-hmm. and then when Killmonger gets rid of him the the US government does what they were trying to do even in the prime timeline and it warps <laughs> what Tony was trying to do in either one of those situations if that mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense so I get it what does. you yeah. mean about it being a stand-in for Tony because there's even I'm peeking ahead a little bit but we've we've kind of been peeking through on each act even in that final act where the the US government arrive it with Condom, and they do the the trick to get the the mechs inside and then they close the shield killmonger has that line he was like ah oh, tony stark he must have had a secret transmitter or something oh, yeah. he's an mm-hmm. evil mm-hmm. genius yeah he's a villain
2: yeah he's a yeah. Yeah. he's a, a villain he's a true villain or something uh-huh. yeah so like mm-hmm. okay there's a through line yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. so even there they are
0: using tony as like even though he's gone, the the the
2: presence of him is still being used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like a he's a stand, he's a stand-in for the might. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, I, I mean, and I mean, what's the, what's heartbreaking about it though is is this is my earlier point about the the moral high ground is that even like like the whole reason why there was a conflict between between Wakanda and the United States was because Killmonger had murdered. Black Panther and Rhodey mm-hmm. and then made it look like they killed each other. So right. it's, it's I don't know. Yeah.
0: I have one more point to make in this act and it, it I'll say this, you know, Jude, I, at the very start of this podcast, you and I talked a lot about how villain, like the hero is as great as their villain because the villain embodies the challenge that the hero is trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that despite me not liking this episode, it was an exercise in showing how the reverse is also true. Because if we're going to play in this space where Killmonger remains the villain he was in the movies as he is here without a challenging hero, because it's not Tony, uh, it's not Black Panther. There's no challenging force to him. He falls flat as for me as a villain. And so Mm -hmm. it really goes to show that dynamic between your two central characters and how they bring out the best of each other, even as protagonists and antagonists. And I think that's where I was starting to, to really, because I mean, I have my emotional reactions. Like I texted you my first reaction to the episode Jude, and then I try and be <laughs> a little bit more even killed about it. And it is, I think there is a lack of an antagonist in this. There's just mm-hmm. like a one note moving forward of, yeah. of what Killmonger wants. And so it really goes to show what made black Panther work was the interconnectedness of those two characters.
1: Well, it's what I find interesting is they, they in a way tried to give us that, Mm -hmm. but those characters were stifled the whole way until the very end. That was pepper and sherry. Yeah.
2: Which absolutely. Yeah. I, my, my emotions awakened and I was like, show me that story. Mm-hmm. You know, like, show me, show me that story because it captures the dynamic that you were talking about, Trey, about the, 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 uh, the relationship protagonist antagonist mm-hmm. that was, that that was kind of missing,
1: mm-hmm. you know, yeah.
2: he was his own antagonist. Cause he was, he was play acting both sides <laughs>
1: right. the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he's a genius. Yeah. But, right. Right. But they, I mean, like they had Pepper suspicious from the very beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And and maybe, I wonder if it would have been more satisfying if the the discoveries was more blatant by Pepper or more blatant by Shiri and not a kind of, oh, by the way, I figured this out at the end. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. And I don't know. Maybe some conference. May- okay, so here's, here's maybe what they should have done. Maybe they should have found a way to have Shiri and Pepper figure it out that Killmonger was manipulating everyone and them resolve it somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like and Killmonger gets caught and then you have the line, heroes are never really gone, they live forever as ones they inspire to, you know, yeah, carry right. on the fight. I don't think they can do that in this episode. Not that they can't, I don't think they want to just because of how right. heavy and dark the last three have been. Yeah. Strange zombies
2: mm-hmm. yeah hey Trey when you so you and and I this this resonates with me but like when when you talk about like villains being the protagonist like okay Str- Str- strange's story is kind of like that but we know at the end he he's remorseful mm-hmm. um even though it's ho- it's a, it's it's hopeless like it's a liter it's literally a hopeless situation and so it's quite dark but it's not dark because he's horrible it's dark because he's now realized i mean it's horrible because everyone's gone but also he now realizes how how horrible he is or what he's done and so mm-hmm. that realization is also you know is also quite dark but but there's it's not redemption but it's at least it's at least um morality um whereas this this is not there's the there's no um I don't know. There's no progression. Yeah. There's no, mm. there's no, Well, I guess, I guess that's what I'm
1: saying is like in the writers or creators mind, I, uh, they probably thought that end with pepper and Sherry was satisfying enough mm-hmm. to give us that. Yeah. Well, so I, I'll go ahead and say
0: we're, we're fully transitioned into the final act of the episode, sure. which is that final battle in Wakanda all the way to that moment where we see Pepper and Shuri team up. And so I want to respond to both things. I'll start with what you said, Jude, about the Pepper and Shuri thing. I think I agree that by far they're the most interesting thing that this episode has going for it. And you zone in exactly with what I was feeling, Jude, with the Watcher Statement. Uh, If you remember, he opens up this episode about how, you know, we lost one hero and a villain got another chance. And then it bookends with the Watcher saying the hero never really dies. They inspire others to keep going. But apparently not the episode because that's where it ends. Like, Hmm. if that's the the thesis is these heroes, even when they're gone, inspire others to take up their place. We should have had way more focus on Pepper and Shuri. And yes, you're right there. Pepper was very suspicious from the beginning, and even Shuri too. Whenever Killmonger gets back to Wakanda, she was very apprehensive about letting him back in. But that's not where the episode wanted to frame it. it. It was more focused on Killmonger. But I think to give it and 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 as a reminder, whenever you talk about protagonists and antagonists, there's it's I I think this is the right phrasing. There's a lack of morality. It's not a good or bad person. It's just the opposing force to the central character. Yeah. Shuri. And Pepper should have been the antagonist to Killmonger if they wanted him to be the protagonist. But that just it wasn't where it was at. I think, Daniel, you brought up the idea about the villain being the protagonist. Whenever we had our conversation about it on Discord and our, our, our group message, I mentioned I'm OK with a story focusing on the villain but the story has to know that they're not in the right. Mm-hmm. I don't think this episode does that. And the best place that exemplifies it is in that battle, knowing everything is happening and lives are lost because of what Killmonger has done and pitted these people against each other, made it so hard for me to connect with moments where T'Challa's mother is crying and shouting for for T'Challa. Yeah. like. It's mm-hmm. what's going on here. It's empty. Yeah. And then and then it's like I think the biggest sin of this episode is having Killmonger shout Wakanda Forever, not only <laughs> because I think the performance <laughs> is very lackluster, but it's just like it's it's that same feeling I had about them redoing the I am Iron Man scene from Endgame. It's just like,
2: what are you doing? Was I can't I'm not sure if it happens in this act or the before, but we we forgot we forgot to talk about it. And that's when he becomes Black Panther and he meets T'Challa in the afterlife.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And the lines are telling because it it all it shows to me is that Killmonger is one-dimensional. T'Challa says, Why are you doing this or something? And 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 Killmonger says, For vengeance, the cure is power, right? And just get more power. I mean, it's very it's very one dimensional. It's very like, it's very like, you know, ha ha ha. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. I just wanted to mention that scene. Well, I don't and- know if that clicked with you guys.
0: I'll say this real quickly. And then I want to, I want to turn back to you, dude, because I think you're about to say something. The reason it works in the movie is because you take the time to learn what all Killmonger has lost. We mm-hmm. can get no service to that in this. Like it's, it's, it in the movies that would have been a lot more impactful if it did play out this way. And you have T'Challa in the afterlife, like le- lecturing him about how what you're seeking and the path you're on is not going to bring you the redemption you want. Because we knew that he witnessed his father getting murdered and was left to be on his own. And, and he didn't have that guiding hand from any adult in his life. But in here, it is that one dimensional mustache twirling, I'm going to take over the world because it just didn't give the depth of story.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in the movie, I think it worked because both times we saw that it was T'Challa and Killmonger with their fathers. hmm
2: hmm
1: And then you see T'Challa and Killmonger, their fight, and that conversation as Killmonger's dying. Mm-hmm and seeing the sunset here. I, I think it's another case of them relying on our knowledge of the Black Panther movie and who T'Challa is
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, to say this is going to be a powerful scene.
2: Yeah. that I mean, that's okay. It just, and, and Trey, I think, I don't think the, the episode n- needs to do, all the all the lifting that Black Panther has done because his past is the same. Mm-hmm. It's just that the the way that he played off of T'Challa. It's almost like what I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is like this is like what if Killmonger had just won, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. and just like steamrolled everybody, and there was no one who really stopped him. There was no real opposition to his ascent, and that's what you get, and it's flat. And it's a little boring (laughs) and it's a little one dimensional. I mean, that's, that's basically my conclusion because everything else it's, 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 there's a logic to it. And he's emphatic when he talks to T'Challa in the afterlife or wherever that space is. And he says, it's for vengeance. It's, it's the, the, you know, uh, hang on, I wrote it down. He says uh, the cure is power, but I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no contrasting perspective to, to challenge it and that's what made for me that's what made black panther so good and it did it in a way that hit right on the nail of the you know the experience of of black people and the struggles that he went through Mm -hmm. and and who the wakandans are and their identity that was all just it just didn't have the same pull, i guess yeah Mm -hmm. uh and the, the other stories I thought all of them worked and they worked for me uh, to varying degrees of success. And this one didn't. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I just, I also just found it interesting because they actually got Michael B. Jordan to come back for this one. Yeah. yeah. And, and for, for you to say a lackluster performance, hmm, I don't, I'm not gonna say I disagree with you, because well, even the, when he said... Well, I think he uh, means just in that
0: phrase. Well, no, no, no. The same, no. Right? I had an issue with them elsewhere. Well, well that's what it's I'm going to just... say. I'm
1: not going to disagree because I, when he said Wakanda forever, you're right. It wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like Michael G.B. Jordan is a really good actor. Oh, yeah. And so I'm wondering if that was intentional from, from the standpoint of he has this is the first time he's ever experienced Wakanda. So that phrase doesn't mean as much to him or not going to have the same meaning as mm-hmm. say T'Challa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, and so I'm, I'm wondering if that was a creative choice to reflect his relationship with Wakanda as distant. For it to be
2: a bit distant. Yeah.
1: It yeah. felt that way. I yeah. like, yeah. I like that. It way. was, spo-
2: I think it was supposed to be like, you mm-hmm. know, it's supposed to make you go, Uh.
0: I like that read a lot like that, that wins me over a little bit. I think it's just when you add up everything else going into that moment, that's where I was already like checked out. But I think you, you have a very, very great read on that. Like, yeah, I, I, this would have been his first experience because even when you said, I think you said recreated, but essentially you said something to the extent of like him doing this again. My first thought was, well, he didn't say Wakanda forever in the Black Panther movie, but you're right. That that's why it's a, a different feeling for him because he doesn't have those experiences T'Challa had
1: mm-hmm. so. yeah. Yeah, I like that score one for me <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <dude>. I, <laughs> I swear I came into this episode I was
0: like I don't want to be a party pooper I don't want to be a party pooper and I didn't it's expect okay. Daniel it's to okay. be on my
1: side <laughs> it's okay you, you know I, and again, I truly meant it, like y'all are giving really good valid points. Mm-hmm. You, you know and and so I don't have again, as much as as I do and enj- I did enjoy the episode i I think I think if y'all were saying these same things about last week's episode or the Dr. Strange episode, I probably would have a stronger reaction in defending it mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. And so i well, i do I did enjoy this episode. I'm not getting that. I, I'll admit, I'm not getting that feeling of like I'm jumping to its defense. Yeah, he can catch the truck. Kind of, kind of feeling, <laughs> you know. I'm just right. not like like I have the more feeling of like, yeah, you're right. He should have got mm-hmm. crushed by the truck, you mm-hmm. know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of feeling with this episode. And you know, I'm, I was looking because I I wanted to double check Michael B. Jordan. You know, doing that voice. You know, on IMDb. Take it for what it's worth. The two lowest-rated episodes so far on IMDb are the first and the first the first one in this one. Wow! You know, Uh you, wait. Did you say point, highest or lowest? Lowest.
0: lowest. Low, okay. Lowest. You, it cut out for a bit. Okay, so I take back my wow.
1: No the 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 lowest were the first one in this one. Uh huh. The highest was Doctor Strange with nine stars. Wow! Um Episodes two, three, and five. Or eight point one stars. Okay. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I I can see why. I mean, Michael B. Jordan Killmonger, great character. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we want to see him again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the, the the contrivance of putting him together with Iron Man, fantastic, a great idea. And I just didn't, I wasn't thrilled with the third act. Yeah. The second, I mean, the 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 second the second act, the beginning of the second act when he, you know, he takes out. Tony mm-hmm. it just doesn't it feels like it, it it went away from its original premise and it kind of falls flat for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a feeling that we're pretty much at the end of Act three. So that's gonna leave us with our stray thoughts. This is the section for us to just kind of have any loose thoughts from the episode we didn't cover in the acts. starting with you, Daniel, what are some of your stray thoughts for this episode?
2: First, on the positive side, the music was fantastic mm-hmm. at many different points in many different registers. Uh, when when Tony and Killmonger are walking, it's got the, just really cool music. And then the scene when you know the like the uh, the tinkering scene when they're building the the, the Gundam uh, anime inspired ship that that music was really really cool. And then just a stupid comment was I couldn't help but laughing. And then on second watch, I laughed even harder. The drone com they like cut to the drone command center and it's a freaking parking lot and a square building. It's the most boring <laughs> thing you've ever seen. It's like what who designed that? Like this is a cartoon. Like they're really trying to be real. Okay. Like, just I'm like, at least like if you're going to spend money on, on a, on a building, it's just, it's, I, do you guys even remember seeing it? No, no, it's, actually, it's just so fast. And it's like, it's literally says drone command center. And I'm like, really? Like that's just like a parking lot and like a, a cube, you know, that's fantastic. Yeah. Those are my, those are my stray thoughts.
1: <laughs> what about you what about you jude you know i'm with you i loved the music because uh, it was a lot of callback the chirping of the dora you know and the and the killmonger huh, let's see and i like that you brought up how how this is a cartoon and like they just went small and instead of going big because <laughs> the when killmonger showed up and grabbed the missile and threw it It just reminded me of the old '80s GI Joe cartoon. (laughs) Uh, You know, it just it just did. I had a note that you know we are visiting a universe where happy never becomes the forehead of security. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I he said some good ones. Yeah, like I completely missed the foreshadowing of Tony dying. Where Which he talked way? about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid,
2: oh, and wow, Pepper pointed
1: was... out, he, it, yeah, and Pe- Pepper pointed out he dies, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't even catch that till the second viewing. You know, I it's interesting T'Challa met the same end as his uncle uh, in the movie, huh. mm-hmm. the the Black Panther claws to the abdomen. No, or T'Challa did, or Rhodey did. Rhodey did. Rhodey did. Okay, so yeah, I guess I got that wrong. But the other thing is, I'm so. We're getting a whole lot of T'Challa, yeah, through the what if, yeah, m- across multiple episodes, uh, which leaves me I have two more thoughts, and I'm gonna I'm gonna build. Well, I have some others, but I, I, the two I I want to stay stick with here is this could have ended very early because you had the the drone grab Killmonger by the throat. And at that point, I'm like, dude, if Tony was a true killer, you would just like crush his throat right there Mm -hmm. and we're done. You know, and, and part of me at that point, you kind of expected that of Tony, but man, we would have taken a really dark turn if that's the way it went. (laughs) And then I, in the last two, and I'm curious if you guys caught this, I don't know if I caught it and I was paying attention in the second, second watching was... Frank Hen was talking, he said he felt like T'Challa's voice sounded a little bit weaker and was wondering if, if it was just him or if it was the case of where Chadwick Boseman was in terms of his cancer treatment when he did the lines.
2: I mean, it's possible. I mean...
1: You know, and, and I'm not sure, like I, once he mentioned that in my second watch, I was kind of trying to listen for it, but I, I wasn't, I couldn't tell if I was just hearing things, you you know, uh, if it was really there and, you know, given Chadwick's death, I thought there was a, a a really, probably a deeper meaning than what they originally intended with that final line, uh, which I really liked and made me wonder, is that something that was part of the original plan or did they go back and pick that up later cuz i know i think the writer said that being animated they wrote these scripts about like 2 years out otherwise they would have used the term nexus event more and instead of um huh the the absolute point in doctor strange's thing
2: oh okay that makes sense oh interesting i didn't know that
1: yeah yeah
2: so um what was I going to say with with Chadwick Bozeman, I think that I think they were trying. I think he was, he was probably supportive of this, but they were trying to, to put him in as much as possible. Right? Like, I think mm-hmm. they were, I think they were trying to, to, to bring Ch- T'Challa to life as much as possible, knowing that, that, that he, he was, you know, that he wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I couldn't tell you, Jude, if it was later, added later, or, or not. Yeah. But um, I I can understand why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Trey, that leaves you and your stray thoughts.
0: For me, uh, I've only got a couple. I'll start with with the drum that I keep beating this entire season. The Watcher is becoming more and more defined as we get into this series, to the point you could, like... There were details to his face and like not just a silhouette in the sky, but an actual character. So I don't know if that means anything. I thought it was worth highlighting. Another one I wanted to point out, I I forgot where I was going to share this online, but it was just like it was too. I I don't know if nuance is the right word, but it's I want to make sure I'm saying this lightly. It was very funny to me in that scene where they're giving the press conference and Obadiah is revealed to be the bad guy and Happy Hogan is the one who comes in to like deck him and he goes, oh, I always hated that guy. (laughs) That line is so much funnier to me knowing that Jon Favreau directed Iron Man and assuming Jeff Bridges is a delight to work with. So to just pretend to deck him and say like, oh, that guy sucked had to have been fun in the recording booth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, that got a chuckle. I always hated. it. You know that guy. My, my thought
1: was was
2: <laughs> I had I had flashes of Priest Visla from Clone Wars cuz he voiced <laughs> an a character from um from, from from Clone Wars and he's got this like mm-hmm. whiny high, like high pitch thing. I don't yeah. know that's all that's that's all I thought of mm-hmm. um when he was uh but that's funny. Yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say I I thought of John McClane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> it fits, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, my uh, my final two straight thoughts, and they're in the same section. Really loved uh, Killmonger going, what? I like anime? Knowing how much Michael B. Jordan likes anime, so I'm glad he got to imbue <laughs> that into his character. And it's extra funny that the Gundam design reveal happens right before Tony says, hey, you got an eye for branding. And he's like, oh, okay, may- maybe not. So he <laughs> ate his words a little bit. <laughs> so that, that, got, that got a consistent <laughs> chuckle out of me every time. So, <sighs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. <sighs> Never mind. What's up? We're in sh- No, I was going to say, we're in straight thoughts at this point, but that that was the other thing that just popped into my head about that whole Iron Man 2 thing, that mm-hmm. design was very similar to Venkos, yeah, as well.
0: Well, that's going to wrap up our Stray Thoughts, but we've been having a lot of fun doing this, so we're going to do it here in this episode as well, which is we're going to read through some of the audience's first takes. So we posted on Instagram and Twitter our pre-spoiler thoughts, and we were able to get some reactions from other people. So starting with this one, this one comes in from newtype.nova, and it says, quote, I thought it was an interesting take end quote and I kind of feel that because I think as as much as I've been uh, beating on this episode I think there is a, a interesting premise here somewhere so I, I can see where they're coming from on that one
1: mm-hmm. yeah the next one we have uh, Ben Maddie it was a fun episode Wakanda's always cool ending was a bit abrupt though end quote um, yeah I think honestly I think listening to this episode we ended up agreeing with them that Mm -hmm. well you can almost say that about a lot of these episodes um because i I feel like some of the conversations i have is oh i want to see what's next you know and um i don't think we're going to get those
2: okay the next audience first take was uh from me (laughs) friend daniel (laughs) uh and you know this was back before my second watch and i wrote a quote love seeing killmonger Story worked for me. End quote. Well, obviously,
1: um, he was wrong, and uh, <laughs> minds change. Well, okay, we we said in the beginning, you know, we're defying the TVA, so which friend Daniel, yes,
2: right? <laughs> which friend Daniel was this? Yeah, is this the leech friend Daniel? Or yeah, this, exactly. This Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: see, man. it's all simulation, tray
0: OK, alright I'm going to go ahead and start with the next one so I don't have my own existential crisis. Uh, this one comes in from The Slushy and it says, quote, I was pretty into it, but damn, everything sure worked too perfectly, huh? Some of these episodes better have a part two, though. And I think that's very much in line with what you were saying, Jude, uh, and about what Ben Maddie was saying about how abrupt it was. It I. this is me coming in on this. It can't be a coincidence that nearly every episode ends with a cliffhanger. So, I'm assuming something has to be being set up for that.
1: Yeah, and the See, and the thing is I was talking with Ken today at work and it's like, well, is season 2 going to be picking up on these cliffhangers? But if it does, that means we have a whole other season of what if that doesn't explore Shang Chi and all this other content. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think that's right. I think, yeah, that, I think that, um, so in the tradition of what if they would always end on, they would always end on cliffhangers, um, because it was always about possibility. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. What? I mean, it's certainly possible, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're, like we already did the Killmonger episode, so so why are we going to do another one but, when there are so many other yeah. stories out there we could tell? Well, yeah.
0: you know, I'm so glad you're here because you actually I think you mentioned that in our our Discord about how the spirit of what if was they did end on cliffhangers. Was it all was it always single issue or did they last a couple issues before that arc was
2: closed? I'm almost positive they were single issue. Okay, yeah, but I'm pretty sure they were. I'm, I yeah. was not a I was not an avid what if reader. But it was oh I I'm almost certain that they were all one shots. Okay. Yeah. Like Not just, only it was like a it was like a run, but it was like it was like I don't know hundred a hundred comics, but I mean or more. But they were always what if this, what if this. It is never. I don't ever remember there being
1: if a, a I was gonna say if it. I remember right. Sometimes the what ifs didn't even have its own comic. Right. Like it was at the end of a comic. It was yeah, like it's like its own separate story. Yeah. Uh and the only reason why I say that is like what one of my favorite comic artists, Todd Knock, um, his first paid gig with Marvel was doing a what if. And I think he said that was only a couple of pages. Hmm. Like it wasn't I don't think it was a full comic. So hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good to know. I, I, I'm i so glad we got to this point because it was something that I meant to ask you going into this, Daniel, because I knew we had that conversation, but it almost slipped away. So I'm glad we were able to circle back to it. Cool. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up. So thank you for all those who sent in their first takes on the episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we look forward to hearing more from people who watch the episode. But regarding this one, Daniel, I want to say thank you so much for doing this. This has been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was an interesting experience because normally, I am the uh, I'm the cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, normally I'm like, give him a break, cut him some slack, you know, um, you know, take him for what it's, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, but you know, <laughs> can't do it here. <laughs> exception that proves the rule. I don't know, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We my standards. You've won me over, Trey. I did it. <laughs> my, my devil horns are
1: showing. <laughs> oh, Mephisto. Uh. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. It was yeah. me all along. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which,
2: by the way, did you see that um, that song picked up an Emmy? Oh, nice. Yes. Yep. It won yep. the Emmy. Agatha all along won the Emmy. They picked up a, a quite a few. I was about to say, it won two, the, didn't it? Uh, at least more, mm-hmm. I
0: think. Fantastic. But mm-hmm. well, yeah,
1: again, thank- of, of the shows, it should have one yeah. hundred percent. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, if you want to keep up with Daniel and all his musings, make sure that you are joining in the Discord where he frequently uh, talks about the episodes with all of us there. But if you want to reach out to us and have any thoughts or opinions on this episode or what if in general, you can always reach us at MC Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work to put up some more content than just clips from the episode. We have some bonus clips that don't make it into uh, the final cut that you hear in the podcast feed, as well as um, just quick thoughts of the episode on the day it releases, if not the day after. So you get a bit of a taste of what we're going to talk about here in the episode without having to wait until Monday. So if any of that is of your interest, make sure that you help us out by following us on those social media accounts.
1: And of course, be sure to check the show notes for the link to join the Discord, where you can find all three of us and others that are really in love talking about the MCU. Uh, when you do join, please make sure you click on the roll assign, click on the eye emoji, so you can have access to all the spoiler channels. Uh, also, we'd appreciate it for a rating and review. Uh, the feedback is super helpful for us. And, you know, if you like what you listen to, um, sharing with a friend is also a huge help.
0: Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Daniel and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Trick. We'll see you all.
2: Yeah, you, you didn't you have a podcast about it, Trey? Yes. What's Fantastic. Do you still listen you to it? Pod- too? I have to. I have to go listen to it because <laughs> I'll send you the link. Trey, so you recognize this? That show was something else. Which one? I mean, like Game of Thrones seasons. The first five seasons were like something else. Well, I mean, to it was be fair. Like I only magical. got in
0: on the last season.
2: So did, I did you watch the, the earlier worse. ones.
0: Oh yeah, I watched the early ones, but I didn't start thinking like, hey, a podcast would be fun. Until like the last, the last season, season, and I got. Oh, that
2: sucks. <laughs> did you so- watch it? Did you watch it as it went, or did you get caught oh, up? Oh
0: yeah, I was there day one.
2: Okay, yeah. So yeah. it was like it was remarkable, and oh, then yeah. and yeah. then like. I read the books and then the books yeah. I was like what's going to happen and then it was like season 6 and I was like okay this
1: is uh...
2: and then season 7 I'm just trash it was so, just like utter garbage you got to
1: listen to Trace podcast because okay. what you get is someone who was there from day 1 going into the last season so excited <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear the disappointment gradually build oh, into man. anger over the because episodes. you want you you're like it you're like this is going to be good to the truck. <laughs> It's really? So does funny.
2: it? Does it, Trey? It does. Does it? It's so funny. One of the co-hosts
0: we had was so disappointed she didn't show for the last episode. Oh, oh, yeah. You told me that.
2: Yeah. You told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes the truck look tame. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's great. You're like, <laughs>